Welcome back, people. It is episode 31 of season three of the Taxi Squad podcast. You are listening to this on August 2nd. The day it drops is August 3rd, which is a very big day in the world, Vince. Big day. Why is that, Mike? Well, said I had a big announcement. I don't know if this is a big announcement to many people. Big for me. But tomorrow, episode 31 release of the Taxi Squad podcast season three will also be day one of Chicago Mike's bachelor party. Let's go. Let's go. Dude, this is going to be lit. So excited to be going to it. I'm concerned about my mental and physical health come Sunday, (laughs) but I think we're going to have a good time, man. I think we're going to have a good time. Oh, we're going to have more than a good time. It's going to be a grand old time. Uh, we're going to make some memories probably that we won't fully remember. Yeah. But then again, um, it is going to be a heck of a long weekend. We're going to Boston. So we're going to be in Beantown as a group. Hell they yeah. are not ready for us. 1130 slash late 20 something. I was going to say, I love when people say that. It's like Vegas isn't ready for us. It's like, you don't think we've seen a group of 10 people <laughs> come from Chicago to go to Vegas. You don't I think, think they're ready for you. Yeah, you don't think they've seen a group of 11 Midwesterners in a yeah. new town not knowing where the fuck to go or what to do, but you were 11 30-year-old Midwesterners. We got some sporting events planned. We're going to be live yeah. from one of the greatest institutions in baseball history, so it's going to be insane. Um and really really excited for it. Really it just jacked to explore a new city and and grateful that I'm going to have everybody with me. Um, But yeah, that's the, that's the big announcement. And then, you know, uh, of course the, the week following Mike's back on the road. So you do what you can. I tried to tell my friends, Hey, you know, maybe we don't book it, you know, the week, the weekend before of a large work summit, but Hey, we do what we do. You got to remember, it's not about you, you know? (laughs) that's <laughs> literally the only rules it has to be about you <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're right. just like nah nah <laughs> nah i was like guys you know probably just we should probably just maybe maybe we'll just do it like my birthday weekend perhaps no no you got a work conference the week after ah fuck that yeah, do it that's then. when we're doing it that's fucking when we're doing it perfect but, idea i mean vince i can't believe we're in august i mean we're almost literally at you know the right after the halfway point of the year i know I mean, man where does the time go I know, man. I live by myself now. This has been a thing where I'm really coming to terms. Um, Yeah, man. I just got back from another bachelor party, too. My my life is a mess. I got a bit of a horse. I'm doing a horse game right now. So sorry for the people out there. So, you know, I'm drinking my tea. Drinking my tea. I'm I'm trying to sound pretty. That's what I'm going for. Um, But yeah, it's it's going crazy. So my apartment's just in shambles currently. I'm going to have to do some uh, redecorating next week but i'm gonna wait until we get back and then i'm gonna take care of all that stuff well you gotta do like total like bachelor vibes right so like i'm doing it we gotta get you like a poster or a picture a frame picture like tony montana or like joe pesci and you know the goodfellas guys because you know that's what you should do as an italian american either that or like some you know just like like the good fellas like scene, right? So it's oh, yeah. like the three of them. It's like Ray Liotta, De Niro, and Pesci, and then you have a quote above it that says, "You know, loyalty is everything." Maybe or, I'll get like the dogs playing poker. 
Yeah, that's a good one too. Yeah. But you know, a lot of like a lot of like in quote tough guys like to post that stuff to social media, oh, which yeah. I think is great. And it's just like obligatory quote about loyalty and trust. No one comes between me and my boys. And if you come between <laughs> us, you're dead to me. <laughs> you're de- <laughs> like there's something stupid, right? It's yeah. just like okay, we we get it. We get it. Like great. Good for you. Good for you. Um, <laughs> exactly. But- <laughs> But I'm just saying, it's a requirement. Yeah. And then you got to have a lot of TVs. You know, there's an, you, you got to have a fair amount of TVs for right. sports watching. Let me walk you through this. Let me walk you through this. Let's so, talk obviously, about it. big sports fan. Uh, I have two, it's a two bedroom in okay. Chicago. I'm, I'm not leaving my current apartment, so I'm still no in the big. unfriendly confines. But so Boy. essentially, what I have is I have my two computer monitors that I have already. So, I'm going to use that. I'm going to build a studio in the other room, put a Dope. flat screen in there too, so I can have games Ooh. running while. We're recording this while I'm wow. recording Unrelated and stuff. All those Damn. things considered. I'm going to get an outdoor, um, what do you call it, projector screen. And I'm going to be able to play what? games in my back porch. So I want to watch Red Zone back there. That's my plan. And then I'll have my living room TV that I'll hook up my PlayStation to. So right now I'm looking at one, two, three, four, five, six, six screens in my house. <laughs> That's fucking sick. It's good. It's going to be good stuff. College football on the back patio. Where are you going? Yeah. Nowhere. I'm gonna be grilling some stuff. Put some astroturf down. Oh, Fall's man. about to be nuts. Never Fall's leaving, about baby. to be nuts. Look at Never us. Never leaving. Not, not fucking leaving. <laughs> I no. I I dig it. I think you're you're off to a good start, right? Maybe yeah. you get like one of those lamps. I don't know what they call them. One of those lamps, like a lava lamp, like it's 1998. <laughs> Himalayan salt lamp. <laughs> be like, I'm yeah, culture. something like that. Just like <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but you don't want to give off like, you know, like healer girl vibes. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. You don't want to give so, off like, oh, you know, Uranus is in Jupiter or some shit. You know oh, what I'm saying? Oh, damn. I have some tarot cards in my Amazon uh, checkout right now. Should I delete it off? <laughs> I 100% would not do that. I invite a lady um, over. I'm like, can I read your tarot? <laughs> can I read your palm? Oh God! <laughs> oh Jesus! We we could take this in many different directions, yep. many totally. strange and unusual slash sexual directions. See, you see, see, you see, and hey, and yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna say, there's there's a baseball player that his dad was committed to the game, and I think that's how we should start this one because. Dalton Varshow, you know the guy, you know the guy. Isn't in the it MLB. Varshow technically, or very is it much Varshow? could be. I've been calling him Varsho for a long time. Okay, but fair enough. The thing that I didn't know until I learned this is that his dad also played in the MLB, which seems to be a recurring theme these days, wow. especially with the Blue Jays, which he is on currently. Um, Dalton Varsho, his dad retired from the MLB, and exactly nine months and one day later, Dalton was born. So that means he said, I'm not getting any distractions in my MLB career, but the minute I'm out, we're making a baby, and that's exactly what he just did. Good for him. I mean, yeah. hey, nothing, nothing like retiring on a bang. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I right? mean, that's the way to do it if you're going to do it. You 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 jump out and you and you drop out. You know, or yeah, he something. Said, I want no list. time. I want no time to myself. We're not going to travel. You're going to get pregnant right away. Well, he chances are got to travel a lot while playing the game. You yeah, you're remember. Right. I mean, the guy does have. A good full off season, do whatever the fuck he wants. You're probably right. Yeah, that's a good point. So, 
I mean, is making a, a, a bunch of money during that time frame as he probably did to play a professional sport. Yeah, I'm I mean, sure he, he played got his... seven years, right? Something like that. Pretty good. I mean, hey, if you could have a three-year career in the MLB, it's impressive. Right. Yeah. Because somebody's always coming for that top spot, Penny. I'm with you. I mean, he, granted, like... he was a career 244 hitter. He hits 10 home runs. He gets about 27 stolen bases. Not great. Not bad. But it's the way he did it. But Varshal or Varishal is an absolute stud. Yeah. I mean, he was one of the largest, I mean, highly most highly rated prospects coming out last year or the year before. Yeah, I think two years ago, maybe three with Arizona in 2020. Um, he hasn't hit great this year, to be honest, but he definitely has a long career ahead of him, expected at least. Um, and he's been, you know, he's been doing all right with the power numbers. He's not like his dad, not much of a stolen base guy, but we'll see how that goes for the rest of his career. Well, in theory, like, so for example, if if you really break it out, like he's on the Blue Jays. Yes, currently, yes. What is it with the Blue Jays and yeah. all of these former sons. dads? Right? The, I well, mean, they got four now, right? Team of sons. Because they got Guerrero, obviously, Bichette, Cabin Vigio, and now they have Dalton Varsho this year. I think there's collect, it's like a collector series. I mean, it's truly impressive. They they were just like, you know what? Just go after all the seeds. Just go it's get the seeds. kind of working a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, team. right now they're seven and a half out of first. The Rays and the Orioles are really owning this division, division right now. Man, come on. And I mean, the Red Sox. I, I just, I am so, like, I just feel so terrible for them, because at the end of the day, if they were in most of any other division, they would be just fine right now. Yeah, totally. Like if they're like, like most teams right now, if they were in the AL Central or any other real division, they would probably be doing a lot better. But yeah, I mean, anybody has a chance to win the AL Central and like the whole entire league right now. So they're beating the Yankees, baby. Yes, beating the Yankees. And we'll get it. We have so much baseball talk today, people. It is insane. And to kind of round out strange and unusual and the baseball talk. There's a player that we have come to find out, okay, that legit has played in his 10-year career now for every NL East team. And that player is? Brad Hand. What a reliever Mr. Brad Hand is. And not ha. only that, he's played since 2011. He's been on the Marlins. He's been on the Padres. He's been on Cleveland. He's been on Washington, New York Mets, Toronto, Philly, Colorado, and now traded to the Atlanta Braves. So he, like, I play Immaculate Grid. I'm all about that shit. He's one of those guys that I have in my head. Like, if I need anybody that's played at any position, just like Brad Edwin Hand. Jackson, you're going to throw a Brad Hand out there just to see if it works. Brad Hand, you know, maybe throw like, uh, like, um, like, Tom, no, like Doug Minkavich. Right? Wasn't that? Oh, what a poll. Yeah, I like that. Right? Minkavich, yeah, he was another one that played all over the place. Placido Polanco played all over the place, too. True. That's true. Cabrera, so, you can throw in that as well. You could. You could. Yeah. You could throw maybe. No, Ken Griffey Jr. only played for like three teams, but. He did play for the Sox, though, baby. Don't forget it. Hey, Griffey jerseys are floating around every now and again, and they're pretty dope. All over the place. That's the kid, man. What are you going to do? That is the kid. That is the kid. But yeah, I just thought it was a strange and unusual topic. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, there's 
a couple guys around there that have played in every every place in the division. The most notably, I'd say, is Steve Pierce. And I brought this up before we started talking today because he played on every AL East team as well. I think that like you got to start taking it like it's like I said, like a collector series where it's just played here, I played here, I played here. Like I completed all four of them. I'm a great job. I'm going to move on and go to a different division. Um, but I mean, it's impressive stuff, honestly. Absolutely. I mean, hey, the fact that you can play in the MLB for 10 plus years, in effect, is just a feat in itself. But that you can go on this many teams is just very interesting. And People Steve like Pierce, to the, yeah, I mean, to the to the contrary, I mean, played for the, every team in the AL East. Now that we're on strange and unusual topics, I don't know if this is more strange and unusual, but these are just some like fun Barry Bond facts that I wanted yeah. to remind people of. Because I don't know where else to fit this in, and it deserves to be fit in. So I have a handful of Barry Bond facts for the folks here and in high anticipation of a documentary that should be coming out on him sometime in the fall. Excited, very excited. So if you could, like, I don't know if you could create a better baseball player, but from 2001 to 2004, Barry Bonds played in 573 games and reached base in 539 of them. That's 94% of his games. Is that Pirates Bonds? No, this is 2001-2004, so this would have to be Giants Bonds. Intentional walks all over the place. Now, in 2004, Barry Bonds had four more home runs than strikeouts in that season. Which is stupid. (laughs) That's crazy. Now... Barry Bonds had a career OPS of 986 against Hall of Fame pitchers. For reference, the league-wide average OPS was 706 in the 2022 MLB season. And mind you, this is like Clemens, <laughs> Randy Johnson, like Tom Glavin, Smoltz. Yeah. I mean, Greg Ma- like Maddox. Just, yeah, just crazy competition. The cream of the crop. Yeah. I, I still got more. Okay. Barry Bonds' career OPS in the World Series was 1.994. Two decades later, he still holds career records for on-base slugging and OPS in a World Series. Damn. And they still didn't win it. Yeah. (laughs) What a shame. (laughs) What a shame. A whopping 49.1% of Barry Bonds' career hits were, in fact, extra base hits. Damn. Half. Because, I mean, he's a he was a doubles machine, too. I mean, he's got 601 doubles in his career, too. Oh, wait. It gets better. Okay. Barry Bonds has 25 more intentional walks than the entire Tampa Bay Rays franchise year to date. So their entire franchise, like entire franchise history. Yes. Oh my God. That's ridiculous. Yes. 688 career. That's fucking wild. Uh Uh-huh. Barry Bonds is the only member of the 500 home run, 500 stolen base club. No other player has 350 plus in both categories. A-Rod? No. Not stolen base club. Wow. Come on, (laughs) A-Rod. Just saying. In 2002, Aaron Judge. Oh, okay. I was like, Aaron Judge, what was Aaron Judge doing in 02? <laughs> Aaron Judge, no, in two, 2022, Aaron Judge yeah. had 191 base on balls. Oh, no, 19 intentional base on balls. Yeah. And in an 11-game span in 2004, Bonds matched that. Jesus. Yeah, he had 120 in 2004. 
I mean, just crazy. insanity. In 2004, Barry Bonds reached base more times than he had at bats. That's 129 hits and 373 at bats with 232 walks. Dude, that's And those nuts. are some fun Barry Bond facts of your strange and unusual today. And maybe why the man maybe, maybe just be the greatest baseball player to ever live. Now he is for sure. One thing I, I mean, will say 232 walks that year. He had 617 plate appearances. So one out of every three at bats, he was getting walked no matter what. And one out of every nobody, six that was intentional. He was arguably the most dominant baseball player of a generation. Now, the watermelon head thing after an yeah. off season, a lot of people were questioning maybe what was going on because he turned from more of a on base stolen base guy, defensive outfielder, than a power hitter. Now he became a power hitter and arguably one of the greatest of all time. But then again, you know, it's the steroid era. It's maybe the greatest era of baseball of all time. I'm not going to argue that he didn't do steroids, but what I will say is that, Yeah, if you're going to say he's not really a power hitter, but he hit 34 home runs in 1992. He hit 46 in 93. If we're going watermelon head, he's not much of a home run hitter. His fourth year in the league, he hit 33 in 1990. So, like, it's not like he wasn't hitting home runs. It was just he started hitting a lot more. But it's he still had the raw power. He had the hitting. He knew what he was doing when he got up there. It was just... You know, it enhanced what he was already doing, which I think a lot of people put to the side. It's like he wouldn't have hit any home runs if he didn't do steroids, which is just bullshit. I agree. I mean, same thing could be said about Jason Giambi and Palmero Sammy. and a lot of those guys. Sammy, I mean, at one point, 60 home runs was just normal growing yeah. up. And a lot of things would happen. You know, your your head gets a lot bigger. You grow facial hair a lot easier, right? Yeah. You start changing color. <laughs> yeah. Like Sammy yeah. did. Sammy, although that's after his career, he started yeah. changing colors. Yeah. A lot of people say he does have a skin disease. I don't yeah. know. The MJ one, I think. I yeah. Either that or they're just bleaching their skin. I don't know. But could be. when we're, I mean, could be. But when we are talking about facial hair growth, they should probably shave that. And if they are going to shave that, what brand should they use, Vince? Uh, I don't know, dude. Probably Henson shaving. I mean, I, I'm not going to disagree. I, I just shaved today. It was fantastic. So how did it feel? Easy shave. Nice shave. Easy shave. No cuts. No fuss. No No irritation. No irritation. You know, and I got sensitive skin. I got really sensitive skin. So if that is sounding quite like yourself, you may want to get a word from our friends at Henson shaving. This part of today's episode is brought to you by none other than our friends at Henson Shaving. If you guys have been listening to the show for a while, you already know that we swear by Henson Shaving. We've been using them for months, and there really isn't a better product out there. The Henson Razor puts an end to shaving irritation and cuts while also making your skin feel comfortable and smooth. This razor is made by using CNC machines to aerospace standards. That's right. Rocket ships, people. That means it's made to very tight tolerances, meaning that the combination of how securely it's held and how minimally the blade is exposed delivers a smooth and safe shave. 
no other razor can offer. It's literally one blade. Be, be safe. Please be safe. They're very sharp. You twist on the top and you get to work. It's that easy. You remember the beard bet? You remember me shaving off the whole thing? If you need to watch somebody use it, go on my Instagram and check it out because it's really that easy. Cost ownership averages $88.20 every two years, which is essentially $177 less than normal cartridge razors. They're sustainable. It's precise. It's Henson shaving. It's got a nice weight to it. It's made out of metal. None of this plastic garbage. So please use the promo code the Taxi Squad. T H E T A X I S Q U A D at checkout, and you'll receive a hundred pack of blades free with the purchase of the razor. So you go on the site, you add the razor that you're looking for, and then you add a hundred pack of razors. You'll get those for free. For most users, this amount of blades will last you two to five years, depending on how often you shave. So that promo code again is the Taxi Squad at HensonShaving.com. Go check it out. Well, thank you to our kind sponsors at the great brand of the Henson Shaving Company. Now we are back with some college football talk, which I am so jacked for. We are only a matter of a handful of weeks away. It's a late August thing, so we maybe got three weeks at this point. But a lot of those games, as we do know, are like, you know, all FCS games that nobody really wants to get too deep in the rabbit hole on. But the biggest thing. But you'll watch them. You'll watch them. (laughs) But there's a lot. Oh, yeah. You'll watch them just for like, you know, the buildup. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There's maybe like a couple games at late August, early September that you're looking forward to. But nothing big happens until late in the fall. Right. Or mid fall. Say October, November. Now. There's a lot of interesting movement going on with all the different divisions, Pac-12, ACC, Big Ten, most notably Pac-12, Big Ten, Big 12 as well. There's a lot of things happening here that I believe we definitely need to get into a little bit of a dive on. Now, the most recent news coming out is out of the ACC, where FSU or Florida State University, long-term ACC group, right, Um, They have most recently been having issues with the distribution of funds going on at the university to the program. So there is some threats going on right now about them potentially leaving the ACC, and they do and claim have their eyes on one division, and that may be the Big 12. Looks like the Big 12, granted, they're losing OU, they're losing Texas. But now, I mean, you got teams like UCLA and USC jumping even. And and the Big 12 may be in for a renaissance. I mean, would you disagree at that right now? I mean, if all those teams go there, for sure. <clears throat> um, I mean, if you're – that's the thing, man. Once you start seeing this happen and you start thinking like Big 12, Texas. That's where my head goes, you know. Pac-12, well, OU, USC. Texas has always been the biggest and then you right. have Bedlam, right? They both leave, and you say FSU, I'm not going to be like, oh, Big 12. Like, I'm going to get so fucking confused for so long until they all just come together and one. I'm not going to know, like, USC is playing Michigan, and, like, FSU is playing some Big 12 team. You're like, what are we doing here? Well, the Big 12, chaos. right? I mean, right now is a smidge chaotic, to your yeah. point, right? So the Big 12 Conference has been around since the mid-90s, really, right? So it was founded in February of 1994. Um, Started with some bigger teams like Nebraska, 
and then there's been a lot of realignment since uh, Colorado was once a part of the Big 12, then jumped to the Pac-12, right? So there's a lot of things there um, that are interesting, right? So right now, if we were to look at the Big 12, uh, we have Baylor, yep. UCF, University of Cincinnati, University of Houston, Iowa State University, University of Kansas, Kansas State University, OU leaving, OSU staying, Texas out, TCU still in, Texas Tech, West Virginia. Okay. Now, BYU has always been an independent. There has been talks of maybe, I think it's this year they move in. So it looks like okay. this year BYU will join the Big 12. What so, a wild conference. <laughs> it is a wild conference. So next season will be the first season. And I always thought that USC was going to the Big 10 and joining this Pac-12 merger since all of these things have been happening. But it looks actually to be the contrary. It looks as, like I stated, it looks like USC and UCLA will in fact be moving to the Big 12, which reunites none other than himself, <laughs> Lincoln, with that conference once again. Yeah. Did they not sign on the dotted line to move to the Big Ten? I thought that was like already going to happen. There was rumors, and I feel like the Pac-12 and the Big Ten just thought, like, hey, this is where this is going. But in my eyes, I believe the next steps are just going to be mega conferences to try and compete with that CC. And I think there's just going to be three, and then that's it. I think the Pac-12 will ultimately dissolve. Yeah. It's a shit show of shit show right now. Well, because, like, what is it right now? It's a three-team race, really, every single year. Absolutely. Oregon, UCLA, USC. That's it every time. Yes, and then the biggest issue, but you can't knock Utah. Utah is truly amazing. Right, so Utah overall, I mean, Cam Rising eats the lunch somehow of USC every season, and it's, like, pathetic. He just finds a way to beat us. So with all that being said, but to stay on FSU, I don't know if moving, I mean, to me, the Big 12 doesn't make a ton of sense, but the SEC, I just don't think they have the room. No, you can't fit them in there, especially if they're not, they're not like the stalemate, like God squad that they used to be as well. Yes. And you you kind of need that in the SEC right now if you want to compete. Well, it's it's interesting. So a lot of it is this this revenue distribution that FSU is having a fair amount of issues with, right? So if this continues to go the way it's going, but then again, there's trustees coming out now stating, for me, it's not. If we leave the ACC, it's how and when trustee when, Justin yeah. Roth remarked that staying in the conference would be equivalent to death by a thousand cuts, saying that in an ideal world, the school would announce a plan before August 15th, 2023, in order to be able to join a new conference by 2024. So we're, we're sitting on two weeks right now, honestly. This is imminent. Almost. Yeah. It's, it's like happen. an alien invasion, right? Conspiracy pod. But yep, for we're sure, back. <laughs> we're back. Tinfoil hats, Project Bluebeam. Anyways, I do believe, though, that this could, in theory, 
be the next step where maybe they join the Pac-12. I don't know how that would look, though. I mean, it's, if the Pac-12 even continues to be a conference, I mean, that's the thing. It's like who you got to move to like the strongest, the strongest conferences out there. So if you're sitting on those three. It's like, what are you going to do when you end up going to the Pac-12 anyway? Well, looking at the Pac-12 right now, their commissioner is looking to strike a deal with Apple TV. And that almost makes too Lovely. much sense. But the problem you see here is now you're losing two of your mega programs to the Big 12 after this season. So how do you look at this? And that's to even say, does Arizona stay? Does ASU stay? Does Utah stay? How does that right. work? I mean, I mean, yeah, it's mover. It's mover. I mean, or somehow get more teams to come and actually make it a thing again. Because if you're going three conferences, it's going to be three conferences eventually. Like, do you do you commit to it now or do you you act like there's still hope left? So in my eyes, the way I view it is there inevitably over the next decade will just be two mega conferences. And we've discussed this on this podcast before. And Norman Nate has discussed the transition of the NCAA almost turning into the NFL in an odd way. So there's two major conferences and the best teams play each other within those conferences. And then they meet at the end of the year for a large playoff. Where there's is uh, well, is there a playoff format on the two conferences then, and whoever's the best no. out of the two end up going to the Super Bowl? Maybe do you expand it from the you know four to eight to twelve? How does that work? And then do you just get rid of it all and go back to the BCS and how that was structured? Because in some ways it actually made more sense, even though it was Especially, a fucking popularity I mean, contest at this point. Yeah, and, but it already is anyway. That's kind of where we're at anyway. Not necessarily because, okay, in your eyes, last season, what was a better game? The the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl yeah. against TCU in Michigan or whatever, call it the, the Fajita Bowl in Georgia against Ohio State in Georgia. I mean, if what was a better game? What was a better game? I, I like OSU. That's the thing. That was a fun Sure. Game. But you can't sit here and tell me that those two teams, Ohio State and Georgia, did not match up far better against one another than TCU even. Yeah, they even got destroyed. Fart. That was like, that was kind of going to happen. It's just, you know, that's also scheduling issues as well. Sure. But to the point, would you rather have the popularity contest go to a group of guys that say, you know what? Maybe we manipulate this in a different way because I can understand. But if you look back, imagine if Ohio State played Michigan in that game and then the flip flop of that and Georgia just pumps TCU a game early. Thank God. Right. And now it's a different story. And now you get a real contender coming in playing that game at SoFi. I mean, true. If you're going to go for ticket sales and people watching like. How many people turned off that game after like the first quarter? <laughs> the game was over after the first yeah. quarter. Everybody got everybody gets so jacked about this game every year, and it just usually turns out to be a dud of a dud. And it did. And it did. So it's so proven. something needs to change, in my opinion, in the NCAA. 
Now, looking at this, I mean, Vince, if you had to look at the Pac-12 and teams potentially jumping, I don't think it'll be dissolved after this season. No. But if you look at teams like Arizona, ASU, Utah, right, and now USC leaving UCLA, I mean, in your eyes, how does this look? Colorado's leaving to the Big 12, so Dion's going. Does ASU and Arizona stay? Does Utah stay? How does that look? You have to go, right? I mean, what's the benefit of it? If the benefit of it, I guess, is like interconference, you have an easier time. But when people look at it and they're like, let's talk about the rankings, and you're like, all right, all the big teams that were in that conference are gone now. You're going to have to start scheduling your stuff around different guys. Like, I feel like you got to get off the boat before it sinks kind of a deal. It seems like that's a, that's inevitable right now. It's true. I do believe there, there, there might be a merger. We may see a merger. I think yeah. the big 12 and the PAC 12 would actually benefit far better than the big 10. I think the big 10 is always going to be a Midwest staple. I, With, I just, I, I mean, mean, outside of Rutgers. <laughs> sure. But could you yeah. see like FSU joining the big 10? Now I do now it like anything can go. That does, <laughs> I know, but that to me is so difficult to process year over year because like that Southern belt to me always needs to stay either ACC or SEC. Yeah. And then there's that middle Southern section there of Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas that you're like, okay, yeah, that's big 12 country. And then pac 12 country is everything West. And then you have that odd independent side of the Northeast that goes that way. Yeah, Rutgers is technically a part of the Big Ten, but it's just odd to me. Notre Dame's doing its own thing. There isn't, you know, Always. Navy, <laughs> Navy, Army. Yeah, you don't get too excited out of many teams out of the Northeast. Mm-mm. No. I mean, I guess you could say North Carolina and Southern Carolina, but that could primarily be considered Southeast. And yeah, course, I mean, yeah, once you get down there, I mean, you're you're going towards south. I mean, and kind of the same, like, no one, you get up for the Army-Navy game because it's a funny game every year. But besides that, it's like a lot of those independents, obviously outside of Notre Dame, because they're the only one that's really that competitive, unless I'm missing something. Um, like, hmm. there's there isn't a lot to that. And the next thought behind that is, can you stay independent if we're looking at a two to three conference NCAA. Well, that's interesting to think about. Does Notre Dame join? Uh, do they have to? Do they have to? They're going to have to, well, right? They've been independent for almost a century. Who gives yeah. a shit at this stage of the game? What's another? No, I know, years, but this right? is, this is NWO baby new world order. Like if they're all, if they're all going places and you're playing like the best teams game in game out and Notre Dame's over here, like, well, we got our USC game down. And like, we'll play Michigan. And then besides that, like, we'll just pick our schedule like that. I don't see that going well, especially when it comes to ranking. Yeah, but Notre Dame hasn't been in a national championship since they played Alabama. What was that in 2012? It wasn't that long ago. 2013. Yeah, it was. And they were they were top four like three, four years ago. Yeah, but they always lose out in the playoffs. I'm sorry. They just You're don't right. have the program to get it done. Most 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 places do. Who doesn't? Space. It's the SEC world, baby. Right. So the it doesn't SEC even matter if world. you're Pac-12. It's not going to work out with them either. That's like the thing. It's it's always the SEC. At least over the past decade, it's been. Oh yeah. 
It'd be nice to see some parody. But then again, I mean, Mariota did win a national championship. Don't forget it. You can't forget it. Marcus Mariota in his time was an absolute dog in college. Oh, yeah. He even truly was. Even though he sucks in the NFL, he was very good in college. I mean, there's a lot uh-huh. of those guys, too. That's that's the thing. You got to almost rank it differently. Now, here's something to add insult. Or I wouldn't say insult, but something to think about. Yeah. Looking like Oregon and Washington are going to become a part of the Big Ten. Yeah. If you go, okay, on the primary OSU Twitter, or what's it called now, X? I'm calling it Twitter. Honestly, we can go down that rabbit hole, but you're not going to get much positivity from me. I don't even know how it works because I'm not a part of that world. Anyways, um, if you go down the Twitter rabbit hole, there is a picture of the Oregon Duck and the OSU Buckeye standing at the middle of um, Oregon's field saying, see you real soon. So that looks imminent. Washington may go with it. So it's just so it's like, okay, so I guess you're pulling from the Northwest and then the Northeast to join your conference. Yeah. Like that's even further too. the flight from like from Ohio state to Washington is insane. I, it's not exactly around I'm, the corner, Vince, like, to your does point. That, does that affect, like, women's volleyball? Like, if you're going to go, they're going to have to play a women's volleyball game in Washington? Like, I, I know that's not what, what we're talking funds, about here, but that's got to be What crazy. funds women's volleyball? What funds I know what you're saying. Weekend? It just, yeah, it just feels like, logistically, it's insane. But the money's in the football, baby. Now, I don't know. It, we're in the wrong business. So insiders have revealed that the Pac-12 chief, George Klykoff, presented members with plans for a deal that would host games on Apple Plus streaming service with a revenue based partly on subscriptions and schools estimated to receive just $20 million each, well behind competitors. So ultimately, you need your own network, similar to that of the Big Ten, SEC. SEC network, yep. I'm so tired. I can't tell you. I'm tired of streaming services being stuffed down my entertainment throat. I'm sick Taking of it. over, baby. <laughs> we, we can't do anything about it. You go to watch a baseball game, you got to look up 15 things before you figure out what where to watch it. It's crazy. Why is it so difficult to attain this type of entertainment anymore? I don't understand it. Because well, we're, going, we're going backwards. It's like, let's make cable, bring everything together. Everything's going to stream on one place. And then they're like, okay, now that streaming services are here, you got to eat each of them individually, and it's not going to be cable anymore. So we're going backwards. Like, you're going to have to buy everything that you want to watch now. It's so stupid to me. It is so dumb. <laughs> I, 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 This is just the monster that they've created, ultimately. Oh, yeah. And I think sooner or later, it will go away. Now, to transition. I don't, so. <laughs> I don't agree. I think it's going to get worse way before it gets better. Are we looking at maybe one of the last great seasons of college football before everything gets totally blown up and you're scratching your head as to how does this make it more competitive? I don't know if it's that. I think it's what we think of college football right now is not going to be what the future is. Like how how we see it and like conference alignment and like how the playoff works. Because you got to think too, when there wasn't a playoff, like that wasn't that long ago. Like we were watching it at that point and – they change it and they're like, oh, they're doing a playoff now. Like, what is this, a professional sports league? Like, it's going to be different and it might be weird for a couple, like, years. 
But then you'll realize like, oh, yeah, like I've always known FSU to be in the fucking Pac-12 or whatever is going on. Like you just start becoming like knowledgeable about that and outside of what it used to be, because also schools realign all the time. I understand schools and conferences realign all the time. I understand that. But to the point, it's interesting to figure out how all of these teams in the same conference play each other competitively. And that's more so how I look at it. Like, well, do you start booting some of the shitty teams out? I think you have to. I guess. Like, there's no limit on how many teams you can have. But then also, like, if you got like the bottom feeder, that's just like Jesus Christ. Now we got to play Florida State, or like now we got to play Texas. Like, what are we doing here? Every conference has their their shit. Don't I mean? Don't oh, get yeah. me wrong. I mean, SEC has Kentucky, and you know whatever most years tennessee last year yeah was kind hey, of hey man uh, chill what? yo whoa <laughs> what? tennessee's a freaking tennessee's a freaking squad man i wouldn't consider them necessarily a squad they're going all the way next year baby better watch you it. think they're going all the way jalen hyatt gone head hey, hooker gone <laughs> i take texas every year in the ncaa tournament for basketball so well, you I'm don't have to listen to me bits. i know well, i'm just saying like i i just get attached to my teams and i want to see him win like outside of obviously notre dame i want to see notre dame win every every year but yeah. i like tennessee in the sec shake it up a little bit baby get rid of this I georgia just, alabama shit i don't want it anymore I get it, but it's going to be what it's going to be. I mean, they just, yeah. it's how you recruit. Georgia's going to continue to do what they do. Bama's going to continue to do what they do. Now, I don't I want you to get this. me wrong. You are 1,000% correct, but they're winning it all next year, baby. <laughs> Listen, I'm landing on that. OU still being in the Big 12 this year, I, I think it'll be a great exit. Same thing with Texas. Quinn Eros needs to have a season if he was going to get drafted mm-hmm. in the first round, and then next year will be Eli Arch or time. no, uh, Arch time. Arch. Good old Arch. Now, looking at it, though, I, I think it, it's just to me, it's a traditionalist in the way things are, but then again, it's changed a million times over yeah. you know the past 50 years, and, and we've we've been fine as we've sports goers. Yeah. yeah. The Astros so, used to be in the in, in the uh, a or in the NL, so everything. Can well, change. they should still be. Fuck them. Agreed. Fuck them. I agree. Agreed. Yeah, I I don't I I don't like that team, and we'll talk about that team here <laughs> yeah. shortly. Yeah, but it may be to the point, people. One of the last great years of NCAA football before a lot of things get blown up. I'm just excited to see USC have a rivalry with Utah this year. I mean, that game's going to be must see TV. Oh yeah. And then they can lose to Tennessee in the playoff. (laughs) One can dream, my friend. (laughs) The NFL, Vince, literally started today. Yeah. All teams reported to training camp, which is very exciting. It literally started. Like, today's Thursday, right? The Hall of Fame game is tonight. Mm. It's happening tonight. So, technically, I mean, no one's getting up and putting up banners for this thing, but Technically, the NFL starts today. Wow. Congrats, guys. Wow. I wasn't even thinking of the Hall of Fame game because it's such just a whatever. Who gives a fuck? But we made it, and it's happening, and they're playing. It's going to happen. Ball's back. You know what? We're all about to hear those golden words of get ready for seven hours Hours. of commercial-free football. God, it's it's just – it's like – it's an aphrodisiac, dude. It really is. Just half mass. Just yeah. like halfway there. I mean, don't get me wrong. 
this part of the the year from like September to early November is just like the football safe haven. If you need to know what I'm doing on Saturday, I'm probably watching football. If you need to know what I'm doing on a Sunday, I'm probably watching football, right? Yeah. It's so interesting to me to see how these two sports now are aligning. And it's so great because you get to see one. And if you're paying attention to one, you see what the product usually is on Sunday. Personally, I think college football is far more fun to watch. So the fact it's a little bit more fast paced. Granted, certain games are just total blowouts. Yeah. But I just feel like they try harder in some ways. Yeah. It's got a, no, it's the same feeling as, as the NBA and college. Like, you watch it because more people mess up and more big plays happen. It's like once you get more skilled guys, the opportunity to have crazier plays and more points to score is diminished. That's just natural. Um, so you're absolutely right about that. Yeah. I, I that being said, I I love I love me. So love me some the football. Jets and the Browns are playing probably by design and we'll see like one drive. I don't even think we'll see one drive from Aaron Rodgers. watch like a uh, little Zach gets in there and like aces it up. And it's like, wow, Rogers is really helping him. Yeah. I could see that being a thing. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, that's the beautiful thing about Twitter. You go on there and you're like, Hey, maybe Zach Wilson has a chance to be the starter this year. <laughs> you just like completely throw your whole entire computer into the garbage and just forget about it for the rest of eternity. Yeah. It's like in Ted too, where he buries his computer in the harbor. Yeah. In the harbor. He's already the, getting prepared. We're about, to, <laughs> we're about to go to the fucking habit. Anyways, I do agree though, that these preseason games are just very much so snooze fest. Yeah. Now, very excited about what the bears are going to put on the field this year. I'm going to literally watch every game pretty intently, Yeah, but there's some more drama right now coming out of the Midwest. Oh yeah. Uh, Jonathan Taylor of the Indianapolis Colts requested a trade claimed to have a large scale meeting on the bus of Jim Ursay after uh, the first day of training camp stating what his future was with the team. And if his idea wasn't going to get paid, then he would like to be traded. And Jim Irsay came out publicly, uh, not only on NFL Network, but on Twitter and just said, yeah, no, that's not fucking happening. It's the most Irsay shit ever. It really and, is. And then proceeded to pl- they just play the game so well and collusion, maybe, maybe not. But um, then reports came out of Jonathan Taylor's back being an issue and that he may start the season on the physically unable to perform list and they could withhold his pay. And Jonathan Taylor comes out and says, there wasn't a back issue. There isn't a back issue. And there never was ever a back issue. So he doesn't know what they're talking about. So in my head, I'm like, can they just put him on there? Even if he can, like if he can play, can you just put him on there? This was the fuck around and find out. This right. was, you will report to training camp. We don't have to pay you. You still are on the final year of your rookie deal. Figure it out. That's great. You want McCaffrey money. We don't know if we're going to pay you that, and we can tag you next year. Well, yeah, and that's the thing, too. It's like, okay, the best case, like the best thing, and we're going to talk about it in a moment, or we already did it. No, and we're going to talk about it in a moment, but Naeem Himes being out obviously gives him a little more leverage. And you got to assume that this is all going to end up working itself out. But in my head, it's like, 
what you could do is not play, and then if your team can't run the ball for shit, then you might get paid. That is the best case scenario. Realistically, they'll find somebody else and they'll play half decent and they'll just leave it there. It's really all you can well, do. Jonathan Taylor's in a very interesting predicament right now yeah. because last season he wasn't fully healthy. He was in and out and in and out. Yeah. And beyond that, he's not in a situation where he can demand much of anything. You have to go prove it. And there's right. a rookie quarterback coming in that runs a ton. And you could either compliment him or just sit on the sideline and do whatever. That now, also signed a huge contract. <laughs> who? Anthony Richardson. For where well, he they was... don't sign mega deals anymore like they used to. Well, right. But just in general, when that contract came out, I was like, damn, really hope he works out for them. I really do. <laughs> They're really high on him. He's a freak athlete, but oh, I yeah. don't know if he has the tools to necessarily be the long term QB. It's one of those watch them in a game. You get like the little bit of the ick, like, I don't know about that. But then you watch every other intangible and you're like, how is this guy not, you know, the best player ever? Yeah, best player ever is a stretch. No, I, I know. Mean, but you watch it and you're like, holy shit. Like the athleticism on the guy is crazy. The athleticism is truly impressive. That I mean, his combine something to behold. It's Cam-esque, if not better than Cam-esque. Yeah. Now, Jonathan Taylor, if he wanted to, could go to training camp. On the first play, be like, oh, my back. And then he has all the control he wants. Fun Can fact. he now, though? Because they were saying that he has a back issue. And he's just like. <laughs> or come up with a ankle. Right. Or a hot, or a hamstring or something else. Oh, yeah. I, I'm going to come and play. But best believe I might fugazi something on along the way. Right. Which, it's, you know, might be the best case scenario for him if he's trying to it, not play. like. <laughs> Isn't it mind blowing to you though that a, a small percent of grown men are crying and pissing and moaning about the extra five million dollars they're not making to play a kid's game? I kind of get it. Like I'm kind of I'm kind of on the other side of you on this one. Just because why? Because they are doing more than most people on the field. But are I are they but, though? Yeah, for sure. I mean, a lot of them, are like, they, especially Jonathan Taylor. Oh, yeah. In the last two years, definitely. Um, what I will say is that they also know what's sad is that they also know that they are replaceable in a lot of ways. And when you see a new guy come in and just take care of business like a lot of guys do, like you've seen it over and over again, not even in this era of football and plenty of different eras of football. They also know that their time is short, like no one's going to like sign a long-term deal for a 28 year old running back. So they're trying to get what they need now. And this is the kind of the conversation I brought up last week where the franchise tag is, is kind of bullshit in my head. Cause it's only used for really one position at this point where it's just running backs. If you have a good running back. Um, so in reality, it's like they should really hit the end of their rookie contract at like 25, 26. So they can actually sign something and have a good contract. Cause they, they're not going to get a contract. They're just getting a franchise tag and make a lot of money, yeah, but comparatively, you're like, what the fuck, man? Like, Saquon Barkley should make more than Daniel Jones, in my head, because he's a better football player. But he's not going to because of the position he plays. Well, time out. I mean, Danny Jones is a quarterback. That's what I'm saying. Quarterbacks, of course, are always going to make more money than anybody just Correct. simply due to the fact that they Get distribute the, the football, and that's where the football starts and ends, usually. Right? Either yeah. that or a wide receiver. I I do understand that. But then again, I mean, offensive linemen, 
the big men of the game truly make it work. The game is won and lost in the trenches. Yeah. In my opinion. No, you're right. I mean, it's absolutely true. And they're getting their heads bashed in every day. Um, right. But it's so, just, you know, they're not running down the field at, you know, a ridiculous amount of speed just getting close lined. <laughs> sure. I, I get it. But the game has changed so much. Guys aren't getting absolutely destroyed anymore. The the helmet to helmet hits aren't. And in this stage of the game, you could play, if you're an offensive player, you can almost play as reckless as you want and the game will protect you. Yeah. As long yeah. as you're not just running, running with your back head down every least, single though. play. Running back. Sure. I see what your point is. But then again, the guys who really don't complain about money, i.e. offensive linemen, defensive linemen, where the game is won and lost. Yep. Those guys get paid no matter what. Like D-line the Zach Martin issue, yeah. they're yeah. gonna he's gonna get paid. It's just yeah. a matter of time. Well, right, because you can't find yourself another Zach Martin. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like they're replaceable. So like I understand why there's anger and they're they're trying to figure out a way that they can, you know, make their bread when they're at their physical peak. I also understand owners being like, why would I pay you a lot of money? Like, give me like a good reason to. It's like, oh, I'm going to hold out. Okay, I'll just get another guy. And he might be like a little bit worse than you, but then we can keep him for three more years and he's not going to do this. And then if he's elite, then he could walk and we'll do the same shit again. Like, I don't know, understand why we would even do that with you. So it's like lose, lose as a running back. All you should do is just not play running back. <laughs> All you really? should do is just become like a defunct wide receiver. Well, or be like Christian McCaffrey, where he's just he's essentially a wide receiver in a lot of ways. Pit. For example, pay attention to what they're going to do with B. John Robinson in Atlanta this year. It's right. going to be impressive. He's going to become that subtype. That's kind of what the position, I believe, if you want to get paid, paid, what you need to become. He's you also going to be, be 85% of the offense. <laughs> Christian McCaffrey's 85% of the offense. Yeah, for sure. I mean, well, Christian McCaffrey also has issues staying healthy, but he did get paid because he's that much that different. But if you're a guy that's like a bell cow or you're getting the ball every other play, like there will come a time where you're not as productive as you used to be. Well, I mean, if you look at course over course, guys getting injured, you know, the A train with the Bears, he was a bell cow for a year next season in that offseason, got paid a bag and then gone. Yeah. Right. You look at a guy like Marshall Falk, then again, got yeah. paid, was a justified investment, lasted a while. Well, and the Colts you know, dumped him, too. The Colts dumped him. The Rams yeah. picked him up, won a Super Bowl. I mean, Worked it all out. works. Yeah. Right? It just depends. I, I just don't feel like the game is won and lost on a Super Bowl anymore uh, with running backs. If you have an you elite could, quarterback, you don't need an elite running back, essentially. To the point, if you have a middle-of-the-road quarterback anymore, you really don't need that. Hate to say it, look at Danny Dimes. Saquon helped him greatly, and, and especially in the playoffs. That's the only reason. Are you talking Super Bowls won. or getting to the playoffs, though? Because if you're going to win a Super Bowl, we're talking, you we're talking playoffs. We're talking playoffs right now? Yeah, no, well, I mean, for sure. But, you just, know, Saquon Barkley was also top three running backs last year. And I do believe he did get robbed on comeback player of the year last year. Yeah, for That sure. was some bullshit. No, that no. was some bullshit. Uh, I think this year, if you wanted to make a uh, small investment on comeback player of the year, I think you are. Everybody already knows where I'm leaning on this one. Calvin. No. Yeah. They're not going to give it to him. No, not the guy who gambled. Yeah. No. <laughs> Nobody no. came back. No, and he plays well. <laughs> oh, he's going to be great this season. Yeah. There's no yeah. doubt in my mind. I mean, yeah. you look at some of this stuff coming out of camp and what he did in Atlanta, but now that he has actually yeah. has a quarterback, 
where in zero two he looks so fast. <laughs> that number makes him look so fast. nasty. He's yeah. on a war path this year, but no, it's going to be Demar Hamlin. Mm. I mean, there yeah. you have it. It's going to be the odds are probably like right there. under four hundred. <laughs> I bet you it's like negative something that that's yeah. going to happen this that's year because if he plays a full season and gets like two interceptions, bet your ass that's what's happening. Yeah, I'm sure of it. So, eh, you know, gambling pod, not all the time, but you may want to sprinkle some money on that. Yeah, now, there, there are some interesting odds also that you could look into if you maybe are a betting man. What are your odds, Vince, that Trey Lance starts the season as a free agent? Like minus a thousand. <laughs> he does not look good, dude. He looks so bad. He is horrible. Right yeah. Now. He is looking miserable, like he's under throwing out routes as a first round draft pick. And you got two other guys that have started and will start that there's just no I mean, there's no way he's starting to be in the season off. That's already decisions been made. I feel like if he's even on the team, I'll be surprised. (laughs) That's such a crazy thing to say. Timeout. Hate the squirrel. Uh, If anybody's looking, it looks like it's already going to be given, but uh Comeback player of the year. Odds. Guess who's number one? Demar Hamlin. Easy. Negative 350. <laughs> I was almost right. <laughs> the award. The award might as well already be given. Uh, the only second is to a tag of Aloha at plus 2000. So, yeah, that's funny. But it, back to Trey Lance. So, yep. as you were saying, he's just not looking the part right now. Is it Purdy season then, or is it Dalton season? Oh, oh, it's Sammy Darnold season, babe. I think it's Purdy, babe. I think you got to bring the guy back. Run it back. I think Sammy D may be a better prospect than Brock Purdy. Yeah, I mean, I could see it. I mean, if you're talking about, like, out of the draft and, you know, physical ability, yeah, probably Sam, Sam Darnold. But Brock Purdy did nothing to not be the starter this year. Last year. Well, he got hurt, so. Well, I know, but know. he, they like didn't lose a game when he was the quarterback. I understand they didn't lose a game. A lot of that's coaching. A lot of that is. Yeah, no doubt. It's the system. Things that are within the control of a competent head coach that looks at his young quarterback and says, just listen to what I tell you to do. Don't fuck this up, essentially. Now, Brock Purdy's king. I, I mean, worried about him when he had elbow surgery, similar to that of like a Tommy John. But I, I think it's going to be open until I, yeah. I think this very well may go down to literally the last week of the, the off preseason. season, so to speak. Preseason, yeah. off season, whatever you want to call. It. So it could literally be an audition. If if I had to be a betting man right now, I think yeah. Trey Lance gets released. Either that or he's DFA'd or put on the practice squad. And QB then three. QB3, you say work your way back up, kid, if you were going to try and prove it. And then it's between Purdy and Sammy D. Sammy D yeah. fits that offense perfectly. And he, he does. Has rapport just, with we McCaffrey. haven't seen him win. True. When has he had the opportunity to fucking win? True. What are you talking about? Are those Jets teams weren't going to win? Adam Case had him in the right situation. 
<laughs> Adam Gase was on the cocaine. I'm kidding. Yeah, I was going to say his eyes were wider than the fucking field when he's playing it. Adam Gase is on all the cocaine, buddy. Yeah. So very interesting topics coming out of that camp. Other camp talk right now that I would say is kind of like, wait, what? Um, Sean Payton absolutely yeah. destroys Nathaniel Hackett, <laughs> like publicly comes out and yeah. states that that's the worst head coaching job he's ever seen. It sounded, it sounded very Trump when I read it. It, it, it like was, you could yeah. see, he did, he did the worst job. It's fucking horrible. <laughs> yeah. He was, so, it was like, it was so pointed, dude. I was like, holy shit. I'm like, he is not holding back on this guy right now. It's like, he's been out of the game for a season. So like, I get it. And you've done a lot of good work, but like you've won one Super Bowl overall. Yeah. And, you know, hack it, say what you will to get a guy to win an MVP. I, it just sounded so Trumpish. Guy's a total fucking loser. He's a total loser. Who gives they Russell Wilson block an for office? shit? <laughs> I mean, their offensive line was horrible last year. Russell Wilson was horrible. Russell Wilson ran the entire facility for some reason and got his own office. All those things were fucked up. Sean Payton came in and said, fuck all this. We're getting rid of it. We're going back to football, which is all good and dandy. He did not need to put that target on his back. He did not need to do that. Rodgers comes in, defends him like he should. Nathaniel Hackett's crying now and says he that Sean Payton broke the coach's code, which There's I always code? love. I always love the codes, like the unwritten rules of baseball and all this shit. It's hilarious to me. But yeah, I think uh I think he if I were him, I would have probably just done none of this and let the football talk. But he seemed like he was heated and ready to go to talk about it. Or well, maybe it was just way worse than he thought it was when he got but- in there. The comments from Rogers were so Will Smith. It was great. Yeah. Uh, when he came out and just, oh, God, just keep my coach's name out your mouth. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay. He had to you do guys that, have, though. You know, no one. My issue is here are two teams that have proven nothing yet. Nothing. Yeah. They have proven Ugas Zero. Zilch. to nothing. the NFL that they're even remotely good yet. So. Onward and upward from there. Not going to give if that. There's going to be a team that's better though. I would put my odds on on the Jets. Right now, yeah. I would say that you know another person that you could say might win comeback player of the year could be Russell. Um, if he has a breakout season of what he could be, Jerry yeah. Judy's a guy. They have had some injuries already in training camp. Marvin Mims sticks out. That was a guy that they drafted in the second round out of OU to come in who yeah. had a crazy, crazy NCAA career at OU. It was very, very good. So I don't know. We'll we'll see how it all plays out. But to your point, I could see the Jets being better. I, and they're in a, also a weaker division, easier although division, Buffalo's yeah. in that division. So sure. you can't Kansas rule City. that out. Is in Denver's. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like I they mean, can one up them in every way when you end up going west there. The AFC West is so stacked. It's stupid. So um, now to transition in a yeah. small <clears throat> because of Barrick's corner. But um, I I I am so just they they are hyping the fuck out of this Justin Fields. DJ Moore connection of this yeah. one, two punch literally because one's one and the other is number two. So it's really cool. I'm just trying to be cautiously optimistic. Keep, and not- yeah. Keep your thoughts at bay. 
hope for the best is what's going to happen. They're not going to come out and win 15 games this year. This is what freaked me out. There have been more bets placed on Justin Fields to win the MVP at plus 2,000 than Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Justin Herbert combined. Like, dude, he was very good last year. He wasn't an MVP candidate. He wasn't even close to an MVP candidate. They're probably playing it for the odds. Yes, I understand that. But, like, guys, <laughs> he's not just going to come from a, a three-win football team where he's getting smoked all the time. You draft one Darnell Wright, and you're like, hey, he's going to be the best player in football this year. <laughs> like, there's, there's, It's really hard for me to believe that, and I am as big of a Bears fan as everybody else. I just want to stay cautiously optimistic. I am not going to say that this kid doesn't have the capability of right. being a MVP caliber player one day. Right. Is he there yet? The answer is a hard no. Hard no. But the problem is you have guys like Mike Greenberg yeah. from the ESPN machine coming out because essentially that's what it is anymore. It's a stupid fucking machine. Right. And it's all the same people reiterating the same fucking quotes every single day. Mad dog. Get, <laughs> Mad dog is just, he is literally, I sent this to Vince today. He is the count of sports talk. He, it, there are three sports. <laughs> and he's the, the one. Football. Football. We talk about that a lot. Ooh. And there's two. Baseball, depending on time of year. And then three. Basketball. Basketball. <laughs> all the time. Because Michael Jordan is the greatest of all time. All right. But for real, though, I am so sick of the ESPN machine taking these comments and then clearly being in collusion, maybe collusion, with yeah. gambling apps to say, oh, wow, watch how this is going to fucking go. And oh, then yeah. to your point, there have been more bets placed on Justin Fields to win the MVP this season than Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Justin Herbert combined, which is fucking stupid. Crazy. It pisses me off as a Bears fan because it's like, what in the actual fuck? Like, how delusional. Stop expectations on them. Stop doing that. Like, just let them well, it's play not even the, the fucking sport. Come on. Vince, it's not even the expectations. It's the fucking pure ignorance of people right. that don't watch this team. Yeah, Clearly. Right. Because I would love to see the breakdown of the gamblers placing this bet and see the majority of which who are Bears fans because yeah. I bet you it's not even 10%. Well, I would also like to see the amount each bet is placed like i'm sure there's a bajillion justin fields bets that are like five dollars and then there's probably like a quarter of that amount that are like two thousand dollars on Mahomes. <laughs> like there's got like the value wise it's got to be closer because i'm sure some people are like hey there's a little bit of a chance we're at plus two thousand those are great odds like maybe i'll just sprinkle some on justin fields i don't know personally i believe that this is a lot of people just buying hype. And yeah. I if it's Bears fans, if it truly is Bears fans and you're listening to this and you maybe place this bet, chill. Just go in your bed right now, lay down and flick a nut because you deserve a small twap in the sack. Okay. Yeah. Just saying. Because if you did this, you maybe put the Maloikyo on this fucking kid. I'm just gonna Probably. say it right here. And if we you don't do know it every what that time. Means, every single time we do this. Every time. It's like, oh, this could be it. No, no, no. Just stop it. Just Mitchell's a pro bowler. Every, everybody <laughs> stop. Same shit. 
Stop it. Now, now Vince sent me something. You sent me something very interesting today. Uh, Dak Prescott uh, throwing the worst interception in training. Minus, it, granted, it's training camp. I get right. it. Egregiously bad. Horrible. And, I mean, underthrew it like as if you were throwing the football with a freshman QB recruit in NCAA 14, just hoping for the best. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Oh, yeah. No accuracy, no leading, just pure dog shit. Yeah, this is uh, this is like like lifeblood to a Dallas Cowboys hater. Um, it's <laughs> You know this is going to go with the Cowboys like it does every year, but just seeing this in training camp right off the bat, a lot of people are saying Dak Prescott's, you know, a top five quarterback in the league, all this shit. I don't necessarily believe that top 10. Sure. Um, not a good way to do it. And this is just kind of a PSA for everybody. Cause cause of the Trey Lance stuff, cause of the fields to more stuff, cause of Dak Prescott, all these things. Training camp is very, very rarely a reflection on what it's going to look like when you get to week six, seven, eight, nine in the NFL season. And you're like, Hey, remember that one time Dak Prescott threw an interception? Yeah, it was horrible, but there's a chance that the Cowboys could be freaking nine and zero by week nine, and then lose seven after that, and then they end up being nine seven or one at the end of the game. Like, this is reality. Training camp's not going to make or break you. Training camp is not going to make you or break you. It's your time to fuck up, right? Fuck up right. now so you don't fuck up in the season. That's kind of usually the way it works. Yeah. To your point, without Zach Martin, though, I don't. I don't no. know how good this team will be, but chances are he'll all be there. And, you know, they asked Jerry, oh, Jerry, what do you think about Zach Martin? Oh, well, Zach deserves a lot of money. And, you know, Dak one day is going to be needing another contract, and we're paying him a lot of money and blah, blah, <laughs> blah, blah. And I just draft people aimlessly because I know better than most. So My stadium is big. <laughs> good for you, buddy. <laughs> my stadium is big and my pecker is small. Anyways, <laughs> let's keep it moving, buddy. I have a yeah. helicopter. Is that cool to you? That's fine. Anyway, We're good. <laughs> now, something not working out is quite interesting, and there's a lot of uh, very drama-filled stuff coming out of Buffalo Bills camp. We'll see how it affects them. There's been a drama fest this entire offseason with all the stuff coming out about, you know, Stefan Diggs and and then you know the breakup of Josh Allen and then his longtime girlfriend and now he's banging celebrities and all that good shit but no Naheem Hines backup running back backup to the backup running back more of a return specialist if you play fantasy footballs you know this name very well because every single season it's like well Naheem Hines could be a PPR monster and here's why blah 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 never is never is but doesn't look like he's going to be a monster of anything this year because nope. he was just sitting, chilling, like, uh, you know, Dock of the Bay type joint on a jet ski, just floating around, chilling, and then, bam, yeah, hit by another fucking jet ski, mid-chill, sitting on the water, tore up his knee, out for the season. And now the Buffalo Bills are stating that they don't have to pay him they don't. simply due to the fact that this was an injury outside of the playing field. Yeah. Like he wasn't training or anything. Like it's like going to play a pickup basketball game and tearing your ACL. It's like they don't have to pay him as fucked up as it is. Uh, <laughs> like why, why would they? He did it to himself. In a way, yes, but in another way, no. I, it I feels feel like fucked it's up. wrong. It feels wrong. It feels real wrong, and chances are the guy makes a lot of money, but still, this is probably not the best route to take. 
in my I mean, visually, like if you're gonna be like a if someone was gonna come to the Bills and be like, Well, if some crazy fluke shit happens to me, they're just not gonna pay me, it might deter some free agents for sure. But on the other hand, it's like, yeah, but we can also save three, four million dollars how much he's getting this year and bring a couple more guys in. I mean, and also their backfield, like they got James Cook, Damian Harris, Latavius Murray right now. Like they're not going to be missing him too much. But to that point, it's like he he did do that on his own. Damian Harris on that team, by the way, is a sleeper for anybody listening to oh, this yeah. right now. That kid could be something very big this year sure. for them. Not he really a kid, a couple too. years in the league, but. It's definitely a, a, a sign that he wasn't treated the way he wanted to, and Ramondre Stevenson got the best of it. But I think it's – I feel like half a salary should be warranted here. But time We'll see will what tell. they do. We'll see what they do. Goes to show you, don't make too many calculated risks on a jet ski, right? <sighs> just could be things where you're just sitting out there. Maybe you weren't thinking clearly because you're dehydrated, and then bam. One thing leads to another. You're out for the season. Now, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It does not surprise me because if you see some of those guys out in jet skis, they're just bound to run into people. <laughs> it is. and and But he was, if you read the article, though, Vince, he was just chilling. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm talking about the other guy that ran into him. Like, those guys don't pay attention. So they probably just saw him as a sitting duck and they're like, I'm not going to hit him. And then they realize they don't have enough turn radius and they go right into him. Isn't it kind of embarrassing the wipe out on a jet ski? Like, you're going zero. <laughs> and I know he got hit. Yeah. But like, wait, so you weren't actually going fast on the jet ski pool? Yeah. No. That's like waiting on a bus that? stop and then someone just turns into you and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> I wasn't, I was waiting for the bus, man. What are we doing? It feels, I feel so bad in a way, but in another way, it's too. so fucking comical to read this thing it because is. it's like, wait, you wiped out doing zero? How does this, yeah, doing this is, nothing. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> like turn, turn, turn! What are you doing? Turn! <laughs> now was he on a rental or was it his jet ski? Is the real question. And I think he's got was enough it, money where it doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? He probably has his own jet ski. One yeah, would I'd say. say he's got a Kawasaki Wave Humper. Yeah, supercharged, now, eighty mile per hour modifier, <laughs> something like that. Now, in other news, though, uh, the NFL is considering a new kickoff rule, and they may steal the kickoff rules from the XFL, which I think personally, being live in an XFL game, is absolutely electric. Vince, what are your thoughts about this? It feels too playful. It feels like they're not going to want to do that. Yeah. I mean, because they already changed a lot of the return rules anyway, but I don't know if they want to take that from them, honestly. Yeah, it'd well, be fun, out, wouldn't you wouldn't you prefer that because there would actually be more returns than just the silly nanny football shit that they're doing where they like granted they start 20 yards apart and this way they'd start five yards apart and then you know you're kicking off from instead of your 40 you're kicking off at the 30 isn't that more dangerous too though I don't mm-hmm. think so. I think mm-hmm. it makes the game a little bit more exciting if I'm being honest because then there's more, of an more opportunity fun. There's for no a return. Doubt. There's no doubt. But part of me feels like the closer you are, the quicker they can get to you, the harder you might get hit. That's kind of where my head's at. Um, I'm not against it. Like I said, I just I don't see them adapting to it. Also, because a different league came up with it, I feel like they're going to be like, fuck that. 
But you got to remember what their goal is ultimately is for them to become like a part or a feeder, feeder team yeah. of the NFLs. So time will tell. But, hey, if you're looking to play any sort of professional sport, you got to remain hydrated. And why not hydrate yourself the one of, one of the best products in the industry to do so? Liquid IV. This portion of today's show is brought to you by Liquid IV. That's right. The hydration brand we've all come to know and love is with ya boys. It's festival, outdoor party, and adventure season, and proper hydration is essential. You don't want to miss out on the summertime activities while they're still here. Liquid IV will help you hydrate and stay in the game. I've been using Liquid IV for a few years, and i found a ton of uses for it. Uh, going to sleep after a day-long soiree. This is the product that helps me rehydrate and recover. I brought them with me on hikes, long bike rides, vacations, and maybe most importantly, bachelor party weekends. The beauty of it all is that Liquid IV comes in a small, convenient package that you just add to a bottle of water and drink away. One stick of Liquid IV and 16 ounces of water hydrates you two times faster and more efficiently than water alone. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the Taxi Squad podcast code. T-A-X-I-S-Q-U-A-D-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, no spaces, at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using the promo code Taxi Squad Podcast at liquidiv.com. Baseball time, baby. It might be the best time of base of the baseball year because the White Sox can't compete ever for the rest of eternity. Um, the MLB trade deadline is is absolute like, you know, boat fuel right into your veins. Like, I feel like I'm I, this is all I've been looking at the last like three days. It's just been baseball trades. Baseball trades. This part of the MLB season is truly electric. Chaos. And if if you are a fan of your team, either you're really, really happy or you're really, really sad. Now, to start on that, if you're a Mets fan right now, I don't know how the fuck you feel about Dude, life because be you good. just spent $133 million in the offseason or whatever the fuck it was. Probably more. <laughs> and and then now you, you traded literally all of those people that you signed, literally all of them, yeah. except, except Lindor, right. basically. And Danny Vogelbach got demoted, which is very upsetting because I love Danny Burgers. Thick I love boys. me some Danny B's. Yeah. Love me some thick guys hitting some thick, Homers. thick baseballs, right? Yeah. Blood's like fucking mine. Yeah. But anyway. Give me a chicken palm sandwich before right. I pass out. But, <laughs> but if, if you're a Mets fan right now, I don't know how you feel about life because they just mortgage like everything that they just spent a ton of money on on young talent. Yeah. And I don't know if it's going to be worth it, but they got a fair amount of people in some very interesting trades. They made some good trades. Uh, I think they had to because they weren't going to compete this year. It became very clear once the Braves took over. Marlins are playing well. Phillies are playing better than them. Everybody expected them to be really good. This is the most Mets shit ever, and they just end up kind of not playing well. The Mets feel like the White Sox in a lot of ways. I say this often. Um even if you get an owner that can spend a billion dollars, Mets are going to Mets, baby. Um, Scherzer goes to the Rangers. Justin Verlander goes back to the Astros. The Mets trade them, and they don't trade their entire contract. So the Mets are actually taking on a lot of money still in retained salaries. The Mets are paying out $156.5 million in retained salaries, which is more than half of the league's total payrolls. So they're... 
paying people that aren't on their team more than half the league is paying all of the players on their team. Crazy. A couple things. I The thing that I kind of like about it is, like, obviously Steve Cohen has so much money, and he's willing to spend a lot of it. It's become very clear since the beginning of his tenure there. They go and get Acuna's little brother, who's a top prospect, Luis Angel, Luis Angel, whatever it is, from the Rangers. They get a couple more prospects as well from the Astros. So essentially, he's just buying a farm league, which I don't necessarily hate the idea. I don't hate it. Don't it's know how it works in the long run. Sucks, but like, you know. Right. I, I, I don't know how it works in the next two years. It might work in the next five. So, And did you hear, this is crazy too, the conversation that they had with Scherzer about him getting traded. What was that? So Scherzer talked to the front office and he said, what's our plan here? Like, obviously they're both older starters, Verlander and Scherzer. Older starters, they want to compete right now. He talked to the front office and they were very candid with him and said, hey, we're going to start gearing up for 2025, probably 2026. So they're saying three years from now, we're going to actually start getting some more guys once these youngins can come up and you can kind of graduate them into the league. And Scherzer's like, okay, cool. And then he comes out and says, yeah, the Mets aren't going to compete for three years. <laughs> Essentially, he came out. He's like, I don't owe him shit. They told, this is what they told me. And now I'm moving on to the Rangers. <laughs> We're like, if you're the front office, maybe you should chill out a little bit on that. Do they not want Otani? Are they not going to at least make a bid for Otani next year? Like, you think that would probably be a smart move for them in a major market? I don't know. Steve Cohen would totally be down to pay it. So, but no. Otani Ota- doesn't want the New York smoke. First well, sure. and foremost. But you think they would at least try, right? Well, why? If you just said publicly that you're going to go and just basically say, all right, we're going to rebuild this thing. It just didn't work. I fucked up. Hey, at least you admitted defeat. I'd much rather. Ten-year, though. Like Who? Otani, at the very least. So you're going to want to have ten years. Otani, for the record, and we've discussed this at nauseam on this podcast, he's staying west. He's not going anywhere in the northeast. I'll tell you that right now. He's not going to New York. He's not going to Chicago. He sure as shit isn't fucking going to any of those teams that aren't in win now mode. Either that or pay me now as much as you can mode. Right. Because the Angels may have their opportunity signing him. We'll see. I think right now it's a toss up between the Dodgers and the Mariners. I'm being honest. The Cubs are, everybody's going to say the Cubs are going to try and do that. He's not going. Well, the Cubs have just basically stated that they are going to go all in with Bellinger. They that that is our outfielder of the future. He's 28. He's playing like an MVP this year. <laughs> playing back to the MVP level. We signed him on a on a whim. We were thinking about trading him. He's our guy. We'll see how it works out for him in the future. There's no way the Mets would go out and do that. In my opinion, sell the rest of the team that you have right now in the offseason and get more prospects because fuck it. Trade Lindor Trade Pete Alonzo, trade anybody who's worth his shit at this stage yeah. of the game. Marte, just get out of there. Just be done. Just be done. Trade Edwin Diaz, you know, with his silly trumpet bullshit that doesn't really <laughs> exist anymore. Well, that's because he got injured for the year in the World Baseball Classic. <laughs> sure, sure. On a celebration that was dumb. Not saying that that would be their saving grace right now because it wouldn't. But this I mean, season, I've... in a way, was kind of over before it ever started. I think you're right. Um, I think there was a lot of hope for them because there was a lot of guys, but we know this in baseball, you can sign as many guys as you want and it may just not work out, which is exactly what happened. So 
I don't mind the move that it's, you know, keeping a lot of money on the books to make sure you get a lot of prospects in because that obviously sweetened the deal and you'll obviously get some guys back for doing so. I think that they're going to try to sign big time younger guys that they could control for 10 years because they're going to want to compete in a couple of years. I think that's certainly possible. So like you said, I don't think he goes to the Mets, but I don't think the best thing for them to do is say, Hey, we're going to wait three years to start performing. Like you can make that assumption, but to have that verbatim being said to a guy that isn't on the team anymore, that has no reason to not tell everybody. I don't think it's the best look in the world. I believe they admitted defeat. The white flag is up in the air. Yes. And if any team should take a fucking page out of this book right now, it's the other team across town being the oh, Yankees. Because Brian Cashman, <laughs> how he is still in a job right now is what beyond me. He is like the Northeast Rick Hahn. Dude, it's like what are the they? loyalty is blind. They're not. What are the Yankees? It's, it's happy. I, I hate to say this. It's a happy time to see the Yankees just floundering. I agree. Good. If I put my, yeah, like I, I want to see the Yankees lose. It's hilarious to me, but looking at this, they have a team that's in last place in their division. They're in the best division in baseball. They're in last place. You have a couple guys that you could probably get rid of that. You probably should, that you can make some money on, or you some, you can make some prospects on. Wouldn't be a bad idea to do that. They made two moves. One of them was with the white Sox. They get Kenya Middleton. They send out a prospect that's meh. They also get Spencer Howard, who was just DFA'd by the Rangers because Scherzer got sent there and sent over some cast considerations. So they essentially got two pitchers. One of them is playing horribly this year. The other one played for the Sox, had a, has a decent year, but it's not like he's, you know, he's not a needle mover. And you have an offense that can't do anything. I think Rizzo is like, Rizzo struck out five times in a game the other day. They don't have a lefty bat, and they have the short portion left that people are just murdering them on. You should rebuild around Aaron Judge and get rid of some guys and get some prospects again. Like, get rid of, like, Glaber Torres. Like, you don't need him anymore. You're not going to compete this year. It's over. Like, get over it. And they just yeah, did wait. nothing. They didn't wave the white flag again, but they're going to continue to try and press. And I mean, John Boy Media had a full blown interview with Aaron Boone, and they were he was just like, "Yeah, well, he comes on their show it. weekly now, which is kind of awesome." I'm Good for him. I mean, yeah. in its sense, it's awesome. Um, another team I, I really would kind of like to bring up here that that didn't make a ton of sense to me. I mean, yeah, the Yankees are going to Yankees, and they're going to try and make this seem as if they did anything. Kenyon Middleton keep them. Whatever the Sox got for him, I don't really give a shit at this stage. He was stage pretty of the game, good for us this year, but it's not like I was, you know, writing home about him. Yeah. Anytime I'd see the guy, he'd either get shelled or strike out the side. So mm-hmm. good luck with that. Now, I don't understand the move of the Angels right now. It's very perplexing to like figure it. out, like, what are you doing? I like it. You, wh- wh- what is there to like? Well, Giolito, who has proven right. he can't play in the day. Yeah. Majority of your games are day games. Yeah. And then outside of that, had a pretty good comeback season, but not the best. I'm just a little confused as to what they're doing. Are you going to try and re-sign Shohei, who's going to go north of $600 million? Yeah. You know that's going to happen. Trout is kind of looking like he's at the tail end of his career. This team just needed to blow it up, and they didn't do it. They're 56 and 53 right now. Mm-hmm. Um. They are six out of the division with the Rangers and the Astros that also made moves. 
They're going to try to make a wild card. They want to make it to the playoffs. I think what they're doing right now is they're like, hey, we got a lot of pieces on our team. They've never been in the playoff series with Trout, which is fucking insane. They want to get Shohei Otani back. They said, let's get a couple guys. Let's bring Lucas Chilito home. He can come pitch in Los Angeles, even though it's not in Los Angeles. It's Anaheim. Um, and then they also get Renato Lopez, who's been pitching really well the last two years. I like it. Does it make much sense? Are they going to make the playoffs? Probably not. But it gives them a chance to actually compete. Um, they made a couple other moves, too, that should you know bolster their bench, maybe get a couple more guys in their lineup. Uh, to me, I like when teams give it their best shot. I like that. Is it smart? Not always. It probably isn't for them. They have nothing for a farm system. I mean, we got, I think, like their third or fourth best prospect and their ninth best prospect in their farm league for Giolito and Ronaldo Lopez. The only reason those guys were so high in their farm league is because they don't have a good one. Um, so it's like, yeah, you probably can get rid of a couple guys and, you know, gear up for the future. But I think this is like well, an, an Otani play. Something like that. To me, it, it seems to me like, okay, take a page out of the Mets book. You realize you spent a fair amount of money and none of it was working. You have guys who are worth something now. Do that right now. Teams who are structured correctly to make a run go and invest in their team, i.e. the Houston Astros, i.e. teams like Baltimore. You do those things to go. Yeah. The Angels aren't in position. They're six games out of first place against two really good teams, one being the Astros and the other being the Rangers. So you, the two Texas teams are just raking right now and both got A1 starters that have yeah. both been there before. Yeah, and then you're also, when you're looking at the wild card, you, there's three spots here. <clears throat> you got the Blue Jays who are higher than you right now. You got the Rays that are higher than you right now. Astros and the Mariners that are higher than you technically. They have one more win than the Mariners, but it's not like it's a shoe in for the wild card either. Like they're going to have to play really well for the rest of the year and they're going to have to get, they're going to have to have a winning record on the road. They are 27 and 30 right now on the road. It's not, not the way to win baseball games. Um, and what's crazy is they, they're kind of the Cubs of the West right now because the Cubs are doing the same exact thing. Well, at least the Cubs have a young nucleus they can build around. Yeah. That's the one thing you can say that's redeeming about the Cubs organization right now. Between Nico Horner, Chris Morrell, Dansby Swanson, you have a pitching staff that's somewhat worth this shit. Now Stroman yeah. goes down on a 15-day DL. Granted, you just put up 20 runs against the Reds, who everybody knew that that team at one point was going to fall off. But they're not falling off. They're still in first place by right. a, a, a smidge. And it's not crazy, but right now, I mean, if you do look at the National League, the four best teams in the National League, or at least competing for a wild card spot, are the Giants, Phillies, Brewers, and Marlins. Yeah. And the D-backs as well. And you just said it best. It's almost... You look at a team like Los Angeles, it's very similar. Same thing with the Yankees. They there's too could much maybe, going on. There's too much there's going too on many around good them. teams. Yeah. There's too many good teams. I guess the NL, you could say it's a game and a half difference between, you know, the best team shooting for a wild card spot being the Giants to then the Cubs. But in my opinion, it's going to take uh, a lot more in the AL to get over the hump. What I yeah, and what I will say about the Cubs too, while we're talking about them, they do get Jammer Candelario and they do DFA Trey Mancini. They also get 
Jose Quas, I believe I'm saying that correctly, which are both good moves. Cody Bellinger's playing like an MVP. Delario, to me, I mean, he was the best player on a very shitty team. Yeah, but he's also the Nationals. He is very good. He was good on the he was good on the uh, Tigers as well. So like, that is a good pick. He also played for the Cubs too. He did. They got him back technically. <laughs> technically, um, they got him back. Yeah, but I think this because everybody thought the Bellinger thing is like you sign him, you hope he has a good year, and then you can sell him off. That was the idea. Um, he did everything. He's done everything and more. They're better than they thought they were going to be. And now they're like, Hey, we're one over 500. Let's keep moving. There's a chance that in one week they're going to be, you know, nothing for the entire rest of the season. So it's a bold move. Cotton. We'll see how this plays out. But I think them and the angels, it's like it, there, you can have seven straight days where shit goes bad and you're out of the race like that. And that's, kind of the concern and that's kind of why you make these moves like either we're going up or we're going down and we're going to bet on going up and it's not going to work out for both of them but maybe it works out for one i am just so sick and tired of every season over the past decade and there was really one year where it gave them real merit and that was 2016 and i'm talking about the cubs right now and more so the fan base this happens every year it's usually after the all-star break, they'll go on a five to nine game tear. Yeah. And then their month of August is horrendous. We are there in the calendar year of delusional cub fandom. It could happen. FYI. But of course, because you're cub events, right? So no, I'm just saying it that. could happen. It could. I, will it happen? Most yeah. likely not. And the Angels could, could, or the Yankees could win the AL wild card, but yeah. likely not fucking not possible. And right. I'm sick and tired of teams looking at their whole franchise and going, this could be our year to buy in. I got news. You're not there yet. Okay. Hypothetically, let's look at this situation for the Cubs then. You signed Belly to a one year deal. Yeah. He has said, I want to be here. Great. Now, what if you go to him and say, listen, we're not going to win much this year. We might sneak into a wild card spot, but we don't have the team to push it over the ledge. Same thing with Stroman. Both have had great years. Both want to so stay, what they you, say. Sure. Yeah. You make a little plea. Hey, we're going to trade you for the pieces we need to make a run next year. And the offseason, we'll give you what you want. This could have been negotiated a lot differently. And sure. I know nobody has a crystal ball, but then again, what if you trade Bellinger to, say, the Yankees? You just said it best. They need a lefty who can hit for power, short porch, all Full that side. good stuff. Yeah. What if he gets to the AL, hypothetically, and falls off of a fucking cliff? Good. Now Good. you just prove to your team, eh, we made the right move. We got Glaber Torres. We got, we got something right. in return to make a long-term move now. I'm sorry. To me, this doesn't make sense. What if you traded Stroman to the O's, for example, for some of their better prospects, which is a loaded farm system right now oh, yeah. of guys who can come in in an offseason next year, compete for a role, and maybe clear up some of that confusion either in your bullpen or your starting five or catcher or right field. I'm just saying, to me, it didn't make a ton of sense. So now you're going to do what you do. You're going to say you're going to compete to the last week of the season. And then a team like the Giants or the Phillies are going to go on a tear here in the next. Mm, give Months, it three really. weeks. Yeah. What? 
I said, yeah, three weeks to a month. Yeah. They're, yeah. It's going to change everything. It, it, everything is going to change. You don't have the pitching staff to get over the hump. You just don't. Yeah. Not to compete against the, the, the likes of the Giants or even, I mean, you can't even say that they could compete right now with truly the likes of the Braves or even the Diamondbacks. Brewers. Brewers. I Look mean, the Brewers team. are another team. Yeah. I'm and I sorry, think to too, me. and I'm with you too. And like, I think what we see overall, and this is with every fan base, is you see like the very loud, like more common, like casual fan. That's like, there's a chance. Let's take it. You know, if you talk to somebody that's a, an Angels or a Cubs fan that knows baseball to a point, they're probably like, yeah, this probably isn't the best idea. <laughs> Let's no try shit. to do it because we're going to do it. But this probably isn't going to work out well. Like <laughs> They have to to be like a normal brained baseball fan. If you consider yourself that, you know that. And my brother's a Cubs fan, too. And he's like, I don't know why they're doing this. I hope it works out, but I don't think it's going and, to. <laughs> and then there's the Cub fans on the other side of the fence who listen to their announcers play the White Sox and they get all goofy. Right. Oh, we got two on you. <laughs> Sweet. It's you like, won your World Series in your own little mind against one of the worst teams in the fucking league. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah I think they're Good third in, They're third in odds for getting the first overall pick this year. So. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> fuck, I'd hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the same people who also believe you could trade draft picks in the MLB. So that's fun, too. But anyways, enjoy your delusional fan, you know, little fan grouping right now. (laughs) And then when it all goes poof, bye bye in the next 30 days, then I'll be sitting here like, hey, how's it going? (laughs) Told you. Because teams Uh, like the Braves just fucking reload and they're conscious of their franchise to know Mm -hmm. can you believe that team literally only went through like a five-year spurt of a lull where they sucked and then now they are right back on top some i mean some gms know how to do it and some don't and some franchises know how to do it look at look at them overall over the past 20 years they have just competed and competed and competed there was like i said maybe a five to six year lull but now they just have a just an absolute tear of a lineup. Yeah, I mean, she, you get rid of Dansby. Team. You get rid of Freddie Freeman, and then you just reload. You get yourself a Matt Olson. You get yourself an Orlando Arcia, and they're doing well. I mean, both of those guys were freaking all stars this year. So someone's in the water there, obviously. Um, and yeah, I mean, Atlanta knows how to play. It's just <laughs> that's what it comes down to, and they're just a, a good team. They made strategic moves at the trade deadline to. Just bolster the bullpen. Yep. Know the moves they have to make to make a tear now. And chances are they will. And they're yeah. probably going to win their division and compete for a playoff spot in a World Series title. I think, yeah. I think division might as well be wrapped up in Atlanta again. So um, should we maybe talk about our boys down south? The White Sox, the Sellers, just like the Mets? <laughs> yeah, but sure. Yeah, let's sure. Let's talk about them. Um, so I'm upset. Uh always this season but this to me is the most white Sox shit ever yeah um you traded two of some of your better pitchers on on the lineup so one being giolito and ronaldo lopez they came in as how they get sent out yep yeah together isn't it cute they just move together yeah they move together wherever they go throughout their career which both didn't really truly live up to expectations over the past five years Gio hey. had 
Yeah, I was one amazing say, season. Gio had a really good season. Gio had a no hitter. All that was fun, but you know, doesn't get wins. But no column. fans were in the stands, and it was a COVID year, and it was weird. And you know, White Sox, some delusional White Sox fans want to sit and like bank on that. But right. beyond all that, Gio and Lopez didn't live up to the hype. They get shipped off to the Angels. Gio, to Vinny's point, hometown kid, grew up in Cali. Cool. So he gets to go back. Can't pitch now, <laughs> the, the two guys you get, I'm a little like whatever about. Yeah. Um, I've done some homework on this Edgar Quiro, who is, arguably, I think, second best prospect in an Angels farm system that That week. sucks. Yeah. Um, he's a catcher, switch hitting catcher, has arguably been their best hitter in their minor league system over the past five years, uh, three years now, two years, my bad. And then whoever the fuck this left-handed Kai Bush is, no, no real clue. He just looks like a pedestrian dude who throws just junk. Yeah. And then they stole our heart by trading Jake Berger. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I think they needed to do this and it's good that they did. Um, I'm not happy where they are. I'm not happy too that they're like, hey, Rickon, you didn't do the rebuild didn't work out the way you wanted to. Let's just try it again with the same guy. It's probably not a great idea. Um, but I think that they needed to do this. And I the worst possible scenario of what they could have done was what the Yankees did, which was not do anything. Just leave it be. Let's just keep the team and then hope for the best. Some of the stuff they got back, again, they got two catching prospects that we're going to need. Yasmani Grandal's an old man. He's not playing sure, well anymore. But you got to do that. You need more than that. You yes. need a, a, a third baseman. You need you need a right fielder still. Yeah, yeah right. You, you need a second baseman still. You need a shortstop, hypothetically. You're still. not going to get all that at the trade deadline, though. I'm you just got to hope saying, that these guys work out. But why didn't you just say, you know what? Okay. Yep, we traded Berger, another first baseman DH type. Yep, okay, we got rid of some of these, you know, rental type guys being Graveman and Lance Lynn and Joe Kelly and all that. And we got Trace Thompson back. Hooray. Which, cool. Most his white brother, his brother's on the Warriors. You know that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. And when he was with us, he, he was looking to be good, and then we yeah. traded him. Yep. So and it makes you believe. No, we like, didn't did even he, trade him. We did, kept him, and then he started sucking, and he got DFA'd, and then he went to the Dodgers. Who has been starting then, all year for the Dodgers? So now he's going to come back to Chicago, and is he probably going to suck again? Who knows? Yeah, sure. So it's it, probably how it goes because it's the White Sox. So you got rid of Lance Lynn. You got that money off the books. You get rid of Joe Kelly. Great. And then you get some you know, right-handed pitching talent from the Dodgers. I would have tried to package a deal to maybe send Eloy out for Gavin Lux, but chances are he's untouchable. Yeah. And then Kendall Graveman to the Houston Astros for Corey Lee. Um, This kid is a Cal prospect played with Andrew Vaughn. I guess it makes sense, but he doesn't seem to be the defensive catcher prospect type that would work. And you're not getting a God to for, for an expiring relief pitcher. You know. But then how in the fuck did the Mets trade Verlander back to the Astros Don't, for arguably their best prospect? You can't compare Justin Verlander to Kendall Graveman. What no. about what if you package Kendall and Geo for that kid? You couldn't have done that? That'd be tough. That'd be tough. I mean, you gotta remember, does that they're have getting, the same value? No, because they're getting 
No, because they're getting Verlander for a portion of his contract. And it's longer than just this year. Because Giolito's a free agent after the end of the year. Kendall Graben, like I said, he's a reliever that was kind of a, a guy that was going to be in the bullpen for a couple of years. You're not getting, like, Acuna is one of the best prospects in the MLB right now. I don't think that total amounts to that. You can't, you can trust Justin Verlander to pitch in the World Series. I wouldn't trust Lucas Giolito to be very good. And especially because you don't know what he is. And then next year, he could just not be on your team again. Verlander, to your point, not the same thing. I get it. I'm just saying you look at it and you go, You wish you got more. You wish you would have gotten more, of course. At the end of the day, if you look at any of the rankings of all the prospects that people got back, the White Sox got three guys that they consider top ten from this trade deadline, which is, you know, you get what you get, and we waited for these contracts, and a lot of these guys are half your guys. Lance Lynn's been playing like shit. Joe Kelly's been playing like shit. You get Trace Thompson and a couple pitchers back for him. Good job. Jake Eater from Vandy hasn't pitched that well this year, but I do believe that he has some plus stuff. He's a lefty. We like our lefties, i.e. Chris Sale out here. Not going to say he's going to be like that, but you sell high on Jake Berger. He's been playing third base for us, but in reality, his player type, he's more of a DH first base guy realistically on a good team. I think I think they probably maximized as much as they could out of the people that they traded. I hope you're right, Vince. I don't know. At the end of the day, I just am so down on this franchise overall. Yeah, I'm not watching them for the rest of the fucking year. I'll tell you. I don't care anymore. (laughs) It's like you're just going to look at this team. I don't understand if the fire sale was there. Why didn't you trade Tim Anderson? Why didn't you trade Eloy? Yeah, there was talks that the Brewers were interested in Eloy. Why didn't you just get rid of him? I think they still believe in him. From being honest, what is there to believe in? He's made a glass and he runs like a baby deer because Rick Hahn liked him in the first place. And he's the one that's running the ship again. So now, then I'm I with you. Say- I just think they, they, I think a little bit, a couple more years of control and just having like the false belief that maybe something will work out. I think that's or maybe all you, it is. you try trading him in the off season and, and you look at it like, okay, maybe we didn't get what we wanted in that stance, but we got something now. Now I will say for the Jake Berger trade, there is more hope here than I would say most of any other trade that we've had. And mm-hmm. a guy that looked like an absolute stud in college. Yeah. Jake eater, uh, tore, did the Tommy John thing in last off season and now coming back with that. And we'll see what he is next season. But once again, this is the white Sox always again, trying to find the next Chris sale. We thought it was Carlos Rodon, not Carlos Rodon. We're thinking that this could be it. Maybe we'll see. I mean, Hey, if this Jake eater kid becomes half of what sale was, I think you win that trade for Jake. If he becomes an elite pitcher, and you traded a guy that had half a year of really good offensive numbers and he doesn't turn into a god, we're going to win this in a lot of ways. Same thing with if if Guerrero becomes a half-good switch-hitting catcher that hits like, you know, 265 and is just serviceable as hell, we probably won that trade too because you're trading half years on those guys. Like, that's where my head's at. Like, they're, none of those guys are coming back anyway. You got something out of essentially nothing. Like, if you know, three of these six guys that we got work out, I might as well be a happy camper. It's not great, but you're like, hey, you got the prettiest shit in the ball. Like, you might as well enjoy that. You could. were getting shit. Tim At Anderson. least you got the prettiest one, you know? You couldn't have traded Tim Anderson. You couldn't have packaged him and Moncada for something. I'm just saying. Yeah, it's Granted, they both low. had dog shit years. Yeah, yeah you're selling low. 
Yeah, no, I agree. The trade deadline was an interesting one. Dylan Cease didn't get moved. I think in the offseason, that might be something. The White Sox wanted Jackson Holiday from Baltimore. Yeah. No shit. They weren't well, going to give that up. Well, right. So that was the thing. It was like, because Cease is, Cease is under control for a little, little while longer, too. So they may not get rid of him. Um, but Jack Flaherty did not end up going to Baltimore. There was clamorings around the end of the deadline that Cease was going to get moved, and they wanted Jackson Holiday. And this obviously didn't work out in our favor. For that, um, but I think if they were to get rid of Cease for anything besides Jackson Holiday, unless you're getting like you know two or three top ten guys, I would have said no to that too, just because he's that kind of guy. I'd agree with that statement. Trade deadline was insane, people. We will be coming to you live on Friday evening mm-hmm. from none other than the Fenway Park. So pay attention to that. The boys are headed to Boston. As always, people, we appreciate you tuning in every single week. We enjoy doing it as much as we hope you enjoy listening to it. And as always, you know the drill. You got to subscribe. Subscribe. You got to like it. Like it. You got to share it. Share it. You got to download it. Download it. Please. And then I could go on the rant, but I'll save you this week. Just share it with your grandfather, your father. That's all I got. We'll see you next week. Peace.